Hi guys, welcome to Ace Your Health Podcast. My name is Dr. Choksi here at Ace Integrative Health. Thank you for joining the Ace My Health community as well. Today, we're going to continue our previous topic of yoga. And we're going to talk about different types of yoga with Riddhi Choksi. She's our yoga teacher in the house. Thank you for joining us again. I appreciate you. your presence. Absolutely. So let's talk about yoga. So we talked about where yoga comes from, how yoga is, you know, what's, what are the myths and conceptions and concepts of yoga in, the, in our previous um, talk. Mm-hmm. So what, do you, uh, what, what kind of yoga are, are out there? What are, what's the, are there subtypes? Yeah, so when you go on Google, you're going to find a million different types of yoga. Mm-hmm. But there are six general overarching ideas or prominent paths. Mm-hmm. Um, and those basically come from the same idea that when you have a single idea, there are many ways of accomplishing that idea. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to yoga, yes, the end goal is still the same regardless of what you choose, but they're all just going to depending on your personality, different people gravitates towards different types. Um, And there isn't just one type per person either. It is true that like you might start with a specific kind, Mm -hmm. but as you evolve, as you go through your journey, you might find that you change and you gravitate towards a different one or you want to mix a couple different types. So the six different um, main types are Jnana Yoga, Bhakti Yoga, Karma Yoga, Raj Yoga, Mantra Yoga, and Hatha Yoga. Okay. Alright, that's pretty interesting. Can you break it down in English? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, basically let's start with Gnan Yoga. Okay. So Gnan means knowledge in Sanskrit. Okay. And as, we, as we've talked about before, Yoga means union. So the union of knowledge or the path of knowledge is what Gnana Yoga is. It is regarded as one of the most difficult paths because it is very rigorous. You have to have deep concentration and contemplation. Um, Basically, for this one, if you do choose, if you gravitate towards the path of knowledge, you do want to start with a guru. And a guru is a realized teacher basically a teacher in that um, capacity that can take you down and help you level up Mm -hmm. in what you're looking for. So um, basically the point of Gnana Yoga is that it helps you discriminate between the self and the Mm non-self. You're using um, your mind to help you independently grow yourself. So as you may have heard before or um, you may have even said before, your mind is your biggest obstacle when it comes to certain things. You are your worst enemy sometimes because you let your thoughts get the better of you despite your mind even having the knowledge that maybe you can do something but your mind will say, oh well here are all these things why you can't do it. So while your mind is the biggest um, obstacle, you want to use that as a weapon against itself. So you're going to discriminate between what's not you and what is you. The ego is not you. The mind, body, it's not you. You are above everything else. And so discriminating that and 
what you are when you are in union with the universe, the Paramatma, basically. So, that's what Gnana Yoga is. So, Gnana Yoga is a knowledge yoga. Yes. Meaning, knowledge, and yoga means union. Mm -hmm. So, the knowledge that allows you to unite mind, body, and spirit without force. Yes. That would be the simplest definition. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So that's that's what non yoga is. So what about what about the we're looking at in in Gnan yoga, how do people try to get knowledge? And mm -hmm. other than having a guru who is teaching you, what other things are involved in Gnan yoga? Before we go into the next <laughs> yoga. Yeah, so like I mentioned, Gnana Yoga is intense levels of concentration and contemplation. So yes, when you're learning knowledge, you have to concentrate mm -hmm. on it, but you also have to take it a step further. You're not just reading the information, you're digesting it and turning it to your own beliefs and your own thoughts. Mm -hmm. So whether you're reading what something that is quote-unquote true or false, you're just taking in information and you're making your own decisions. Mm -hmm. So there are three main steps to Gnana You have Shravan, Manan, and Nididhyasana. So the first one, Shravan, is basically where you're just acquiring knowledge. Yeah, I'm reading this and this, you're going to your guru, they're giving you the knowledge through their mm -hmm. words, through their experiences. Then you move on to Manan, which is where you're contemplating on that knowledge that you just acquired, and then you're coming to your own conclusions and conjectures. You're basically um, convictions, and you're basically figuring out like, yes, this is the information, and this is my belief based on that um, information. And then you move on to the third stage, which is nididhyasana, and that is where you meditate so intensely on your convictions until you reach that oneness with the reality. That's so interesting. Yeah. You know, I think we're going to have to go deep down in all of these topics <laughs> at some point. Yeah. Everything but, in yoga, like, it seems simple, but, like, even the simplest concept, you can spend hours diving in and understanding what mm -hmm. it truly means, because it can be different for mm -hmm. different people. Okay. So what about bhakti yoga? Bhakti what does yoga. bhakti mean? So we go from the hardest one to one of the easiest ones that... Um, can be paths that can be taken. Bhakti means worship or mm. devotion. So, and of course, yoga means union. So, when it bhakti yoga is the union of devotion or the path of devotion, and this is essentially where you devote yourself to a higher reality. So, whether you want to call it God, you can devote yourself to a Lord or even just the universe, whether you believe in something higher or not, you are taking devotion and using that as your path to um, reach your end goal. Okay, that is, that is very interesting. So, devotion leading to union. Mm -hmm. So, in this yoga, we're learning how do we use our devotion that allows us to unite our mind, body, and spirit? Exactly. So devotion leading to, so it doesn't require mm -hmm. a lot of brain power like 
non-yoga does. Exactly. Because you have to remember all the knowledge. <laughs> In this, you can just say, I'm blindly going to follow. Yeah. It's more of a surrendering. Surrendering. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah, so there are, in order to practice bhakti yoga, there is, there are really no guidelines. That's why this is one of the easier ones, because there's no guidelines, there are no rules for how you show your bhakti. There are a certain types of ways that are categorized, there are nine ways that you can show your bhakti, but it's up to you. You can take on the role of the servant to your Lord and say, I devote myself to you. You can take on the role of a friend to the Lord or the universe and say, let me give all my actions to this friendship. Whether you're saluting, you're, you're serving, you're chanting, whatever you do, it can, it's just a form mm. of surrender. That's so interesting. So... All these different types of devotions, mm -hmm. there are no rules to it because it's just saying, hey, I'm devoted. <laughs> I don't have to follow any rules. <laughs> yeah. You just make your own way. Like, nothing you do can be wrong because you made it up. Like, you can't go wrong. <laughs> That's really interesting. So, yeah. the next one after bhakti comes karma. Yes. So, what is, what is karma? A lot of people know karma. What is your... Definition of karma. <laughs> <laughs> the literal translation of the word karma means action. Yes. And how you, how Einstein once said, every action has an equal and opposite reaction. Mm -hmm. So that's action, equal and opposite. Exactly. And how actions leads to union of mind, body, and spirit. Mm -hmm. is karma yoga. That's right on the money. So like you said, karma means action. So this is the path of action. This is more for action-oriented people. Mm -hmm. You want to take charge and you say all these external things you can't control, but what you can control is yourself. Mm -hmm. So you can do this by practicing selfless actions. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. Um, we go through these cycles in our life where we commit, con let me rephrase that, in a 24-hour period, there is not a single second where you're not performing an action. Sleeping is an action. When you're sleeping, you're thinking, you're dreaming, your mind still working is an action. And during these actions, we're, like you mentioned, every action has an equal and opposite reaction. Mm -hmm. So whether that action is seemingly non-consequential, there is still a positive and negative outcome. So those fruits of your actions lead to us building samskaras, which are deeply rooted impressions in our mind. And so these samskaras have to be played out, whether in this life or the next, because you have to shed that karma, that action that you committed or completed, that action that you did, created that samskara, and then that samskara has to play out in which, again, whether it was a good thing or a bad thing, you're going to build karma again. So this samskara, karma, samskara, karma cycle is never ending. So the idea of karma yoga is that if you're going to be doing actions anyway that are going to result in a positive or negative outcome, why not devote your life to doing selfless acts and generate a positive outcome. Mm -hmm. But the trick is, 
you're going through your life thinking that I'm doing a good thing, so you're expecting your the fruits of your actions to be good. But the key is to perform this selfless action without any expectations. You have to shed that expectation of a positive outcome and just do good for the heck of doing good. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's really interesting. Um, when we look at karma yoga, we are talking about actions and you mentioned how you take actions with your, uh, if you're thinking something, if you're saying something. So that's three different types of actions. Right. With your mind, if you're having a thought, that's also an action. And if you're saying something, obviously that's also an action. Mm -hmm. And if you're doing something physically, that's also an action. You're so, never safe. <laughs> so which, which one of those actions lead to a behavior change? And that's what sunscars are. So you might wonder, what is she talking about? So these are impressions in our body, whether they're in this life, past life, or future life. It's something that becomes a habit. So if you practice driving a certain way, eventually that will become a habit where you can go from home to work, work to home, without having any recollection of the driving. Exactly. But you still drove, you still got there. Because doing, you, doing it for months and months and months led to a behavior that got imprinted where you don't have to think anymore. Your subconscious mind is already united with your body so that if you're not thinking anymore, automatically all of those actions are done at a subconscious level where a conscious mind doesn't even exactly. worry about it and it still protects you and takes you home to work and work mm -hmm. to home. So that's three different ways of doing actions with mm -hmm. mind words and your actions with your physical self yeah so that's that's pretty that's pretty good so mm -hmm. in in terms of yoga what are we talking about like why this what would be considered a karma yoga a downward dog would be considered a karma yoga karma yoga is any action that you're doing selflessly so while even though yoga can like doing a yoga posture for yourself seems like a selfless act you're not only affecting yourself, but you're affecting your environment. So taking care of yourself can also be considered taking care of other people because that enables you to output positive energy, influence other people in a positive way, and maybe your actions can inspire other people too. So while a karma yoga is considered a selfless action, you want to serve other people, but you can also serve yourself. Hmm. So when we're, when we're talking about these type of yogas, I mean, we heard karma yoga, we heard bhakti yoga, we heard gyan yoga. Now, generally speaking, we talk about yoga as the first thing I think about is postures, doing yeah. exercise, doing, you know, headstands or whatever, right? Like mm -hmm. splits. The three that we talked about doesn't have any posture exercises, nothing. No. Nope. So this is all about living like i mean we talked about karma mm -hmm. yoga which is just normal actions yeah we talked about knowledge which could be just knowledge mm -hmm. gaining knowledge there is no exercise in it no we talked about devotion mm -hmm. in bhakti yoga well, yeah 
I could be devotion regardless of what religion I am. Mm -hmm. Or I could be devoted even being in, while being an atheist. Exactly. Um, to my family, to my work, to myself. Yeah. So are we talking about all of those actions as part of yoga as well? Yeah, so like you might remember from the last video, yoga is not related to a religion. It's a way of life. And like I mentioned, the Patanjali Yoga Sutras, out of the 196 sutras, only three focus on asanas. The rest of yoga, the true definition, is everything else. It is focusing on your mind and detaching the senses from your actions and, and your life. So the end goal of union with the universe can be achieved by way more than just the postures. Like karma yoga, like we said, selfless actions, that can extend to um, practicing ahimsa, which is nonviolence. And nonviolence can be practiced through your diet, through your words, thoughts, actions. There are so many ways where other than just practicing postures that you can be practicing yoga in your life through your breathing even. Mm -hmm. So what the so next one we talk about after those three is Raj Yoga. Yes. So what is what is Raj Yoga? So this is a pretty straightforward one. Raja Yoga basically means the royal or kingly yoga. Mm -hmm. And this one is completely focused around meditation. It, is, it succeeds Hatha Yoga and it is generally considered to be what you, the state you are in. It's, more, it's less of a yoga than it is a state of being or a state of self-realization. So after you practice Hatha Yoga, that after you've completed the eight limbs, the eight paths that we, that we talked about last time, um, when you're in that intense, deep state of meditation and contemplation, that next step, that state that you're in, is Raj Yoga. So, you, you threw two words at me. <laughs> yes. One, you said Raj Yoga. Yes. And that's part of meditation. But you do Raj Yoga only after Hatha Yoga. Well... It's, it's, it's kind of hard to understand. It's, you're not doing Raj Yoga, you're in a state of Raj Yoga. So after um, the eight limbs of Hatha Yoga, mm -hmm. when you're right before you reach that liberation or that union with the individual self, with the universal self, when you're in that deep state of meditation, that is Raj Yoga. So you're saying I can't do Raj Yoga until I finish all eight limbs? Well, when you're meditating, meditation is what is Raj Yoga. Mm -hmm. So you can do Raj Yoga without completing the eight limbs per se, because there is no like step-by-step mm -hmm. -step guide to how to do yoga. Mm -hmm. um, but just being in that intense state of meditation, the analogy is that when you're done with the eight limbs, when you're in that final stage of meditation, mm -hmm. so you can be in that stage without being at the end of the eight limbs. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what is your take what on is that? my take yeah. on Raj Yoga? Yeah. Well, Raj Yoga is a process of controlling your thoughts. Yes. And, you know, knowledge yoga or Gnan Yoga gives you ability to discern and learn knowledge. Bhakti is shutting everything off and just being devoted. Karma is just doing actions. Raj is focusing on your own mental abilities and really focusing on your thoughts. Mm -hmm. But then eventually those thoughts 
come down to zero. Yes. So state of zero, we call that samadhi. But then that samadhi in the eightfold path is the eighth step mm -hmm. in hatha yoga. Yes. So hatha yoga is mainly describing the asanas and the postures and the exercises. And then it's talking about breathing, how you breathe differently. Mm -hmm. And what all it takes, what all it's required to breathe. Mm -hmm. And then it's talking about different rules you follow living a life. Mm -hmm. Whether you call them yam and niyam. But you're following certain rules yeah. that allow you to block incoming obstacles. Whether they're coming at thought level or physical level. Mm -hmm. And then... After those four things have happened, the rules, there are two sets of them. Then there is asanas, which are postures. Then there's breathing practices, which are another set of breathing practices. And then there is what you're willing to stop hoarding, right? What are you letting go? So that's part of it. So those are the basic at physical level. And then the... Six, seven, and eight are your intentions, your desires, ability to focus. And then once you focus, can you focus on one thing? And then last thing is even getting rid of that into a point of zero. So that all thoughts are down to zero. So that's part of Hatha Yoga. Right. Those are the eight limbs, eight limbs in summary. Yeah. yeah. So what, is, what does Hatha mean? So Ha basically means the sun and Ta means moon. So okay. basically you're f you can think about it like yin and yang. You're trying to find the balance and the union of both sides. Mm -hmm. And you can think about the sun as more of the uh, masculine energy, more it, the sun brings heat and brings the effort, whereas the moon is more cool and feminine and represents more of a surrendering energy mm -hmm. and so when you're trying to find balance in that in when you relate that to our body mm -hmm. we have different chakra channels different nadis so we have our left nostril which is known as the moon side and the right nostril which is known as the sun side so ida is left ida nadi and pingla nadi which is right so you're trying to find that balance between the hot energy and the cool energy within our body and it is said that when you when you find the balance between the ira and pingla nadis you awaken the kundalini which is said to reside at the end bottom of the sacrum and it travels up the spine which is where the shushumna nadi is and it culminates in the brahman which is in this region okay that's that's really cool. It's a lot of information, but the summary is that you're basically just looking for a balance between the hot and cool energies in your body. And you're doing that through the eight limbs that you mm -hmm. very eloquently summarized. So, I guess in the simplest term, Hatha Yoga allows you to balance your yin and yang, or balance your sun and moon, or balance your hot and cold energies in your body. Yes. 
through different practices. Exactly. And okay. while there are more than just postures, mm -hmm. Hatha Yoga particularly focuses more on the posture aspect and finding the harmony between the physical and the breath work. Mm -hmm. So you are doing postures, but you also have the right way to breathe that merges with those postures that allows you to not only get the physical benefits, but also get the mental benefits mm -hmm. and spiritual benefits. Okay. So what is mantra yoga? Mantra yoga is a unique one. It's where you're basically, let me backtrack, man means mind and tra means to protect. So mantra yoga is the yoga that where you're using sound to express a idea or a conviction. Um, so you're turning your thoughts into a sound and you're using those vibrations to channel and elevate your level of vibration as well. So yogis can use that as a technique where if they're in say an X level of meditation, they'll use particular sounds at particular pitches to help elevate them to the next level. Mm -hmm. For us it is just another way of meditating and helping our energy vibrate at the level we want mm -hmm. it to. This, this yoga is kind of crazy because you have the ability to use pretty much any sound syllable to create energy exactly. because each sound has vibration. Mm -hmm. so. And it gets wilder because when you multiply it, you do it in a gathering, you do it in a group, that just amplifies those vibrations tenfold mm -hmm. and you can use it to your advantage by... Mm -hmm. the, the, and the sky is the limit for that. Mm -hmm. That's pretty easy. So if you're interested in mantra yoga, you definitely, definitely, definitely need to have a, a guru or a mm -hmm. teacher who knows certain things about him because mantra yoga will definitely allow, allows our spiritual energies to change. Mm -hmm. Another way of talking about mantra yoga is transcendental meditation. It's the same, similar concept mm -hmm. where you're using different mantras to do transcendental meditation. Exactly. That's, and the, another cool. reason why you need a guru is because you don't know what energy you have and what energy you need. Mm -hmm. So even if you're doing a mantra that is saying doing good in a certain aspect, that might be bad for you. Like you might not need that mm -hmm. right now. So you need that guru to guide you and show you what you do need to amplify. amplify yeah. You know, we talked about different types of yoga today, and which was a really cool, interesting topic to go over because, you know, yoga is yoga, but then all these other things about yoga, one must be familiar with them, at least to have some sort of understanding of what we can do. And it becomes much simpler as we dive into it, learn more. And we're going to do that. We're yeah. going to talk about a lot more things as our next podcast, next episodes, as we record them more. But this was a great conversation. Thank you for bringing it up. Of course. When I started yoga, like when you Google yoga mm -hmm. as a newcomer, there's so many different, like do this, do this, do mm -hmm. this. Getting started is hard alone, but then where do you get started? Yeah. What type of yoga? So it's like, even I didn't understand any of this until I 
put myself yeah. into reading more. So we're just trying to help make it easier for everybody. Yeah, so you know, if you can pick up something out of this, that'll be great. Yeah, so if you're interested in joining, uh, learning more about this, like, subscribe this channel, download this YouTube podcast on your phone, on your TV, on your computer, however you do it. If you're interested in getting more help, join Ace My Health community. And if you really want more help, obviously you can call us and let us know. On every Friday, we pray for all of you guys, all of, pa all of our patients here. We have a group meditation session where all of us and our patients join us. So we encourage that with uh, to all of you as well. And um, it's, an, it's an awesome Friday, actually. So with that, thank you so much. We appreciate your presence. Take care. God bless.